What's up, Freedom Chasers? If you are looking to grow a brokerage or a team, we have the show for you today. Our guest grew his brokerage from 6 to 26 agents, and they did 475 transactions, equating to $93 million in volume just last year. And we're going to show you how he did it right now. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, guys, meet Jack Turner, co-owner of New Horizon Real Estate in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and serial entrepreneur. This guy's got so much stuff going on. He does not only do home sales, but they also do residential development, new construction, flips, multifamily rentals, single family rentals. He has a roofing company and a mortgage company. Um, we're going to stick to the brokerage today, but we're probably going to bring him back on because he has so much awesome information. Um, Jack, um, let's just start with a 30,000 foot view, man. If I was starting a brokerage today, what advice would you give me? Do it. Um, simple and clean, man. It was, uh, you know, a little bit of background for me was um, seven years with the boutique brokerage as kind of like a sales team leader, manager, sales manager, buyer's agent, you know, all that stuff. And I always, I just never really had that that passion, the drive to want to go do my own things. Cause I had it kind of made there, but, um, I hit a point where growth was stagnant company really wasn't doing anything anymore. So I thought I might as well, now's the time to do it. Right. Um, and looking back on that decision from two years ago, uh, I would make that a hundred times more probably sooner. So, uh, yeah, 30,000 foot view is if you are, um, you're motivated, self-motivated, you tend to do things on your own. Um, and you want that next step, uh, absolutely look into starting your own brokerage. Absolutely, man. 100% agreed. So what strategies did you use to recruit your agents, number one? Like what kind of recruiting marketing are you doing? Sure. So this is going to sound odd, but um, we don't actually actively uh, market or um, try to, you know, it's, the door is open is what I'll say. Like we leave the door open for people to join or whatnot, but we're not, um, we're not actively seeking out particular agents or anything like that. And what we found is that uh, one, when doing that, um, when you're actively trying to, to you know, get agents to move from the brokerages, at least in our, we, you know, we've kind of got a smaller market. There's uh, 17, 18 different companies in our, in our market, but the, the big, six or seven you know we're competing with century 21s and uh eras and um gosh uh colwell banker exp those you know kind of those big fish in the thing um and they're all carrying gosh you know 70 80 100 plus agents at any given point um we don't want to ruffle any feathers uh at the end of the day like we still want to try to keep our um our name really good with them. You know, they're, they got a lot of agents, so they got a lot of listings uh, and we don't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers too bad. So we're not actively attracting going after what we try to do is basically provide a culture uh, at our office with our agents and show the successes of our agents. Um, that that's the, that's, that's the bait in the water. That's our attractive is, you know, Everybody that we've that we've brought in, say in the past, probably even seven or eight months, have all come from 
oh, I see that so-and-so was doing really well. So I just kind of reached out to her to see what was different. Come to find out it's the training that you guys are offering. Or it's the, leader, the, the mentorship and uh, the leadership that you guys have. So I'm interested in that. I don't like where I'm at. Uh, I don't think there's any growth potential here. So let's talk about me joining you. That's really how we've gotten the bulk of our existing agents. Now, um, we do have some fillers out, uh, some hooks in the water for brand new agents. We really, really like brand new agents um, just because there's no bad habits to break, right? No bad training or lack thereof uh, that we have to break in the very beginning. Not to say that we don't, but uh, if I could get my hands on somebody that's fresh out of real estate school, gosh, I mean, I could, I could shape and mold them under the systems that I've uh you know, uh, gained experiences in, and same thing with my business partner, Rob, uh, he was a previous teacher, um, like school teacher. And I recruited him and recruited him and recruited him for years before he finally pulled the trigger and jumped on board. Um, so he really likes that teaching aspect of the coaching and, you know, guiding our agents and teaching them contracts and how to negotiate, how to convert leads, how to work with their buyers, you know, and how to put out fires. Um, so, Really, you know, I, I know that's kind of a bland answer, but we use the success of our agents as the attractant for other agents. Now, if we hear that somebody is, you know, interviewing other companies or whatnot, sure, we'll put our names in the hat and reach out to them and sit down uh, with them. But, you know, really, it's just uh, they're contacting us directly. And that's just so that we're not, you know, again, we don't want to we don't want to piss off the big people in the in the pond we're just like hey they they came to us we didn't go after your your agents they're coming to us because they're unhappy and they want something different so that's really it and you know like we've got some of our top agents they're doing 17 16 14 million dollars a year as one two three-year agents um which says you know a great deal of one about them and how uh, motivated and aggressive they are, but to our training systems uh, that we have in, in the uh, in the brokerage. Absolutely. So that makes sense. So you're not quite running the typical bull brokerage model, which is, you know, hire everybody with a pulse and you know, some of them are going to work out and some of them aren't going to work out, right? That's you right. know, the numbers tend to work out at the end of the day. That's right. Um, yeah. You know, and that's something that would never work for me. <laughs> emotional attachments if I'm working with somebody I feel like I'm failing if they're not doing well that's right and that's that's one thing I'd say is um, you know honestly we've turned away more people than we have brought on um, we're in this is you know we're gonna get into this a little little later on in this uh, talk but you know retention of agents is a lot can be resolved in the front end during the, the interviewing process I guess of your agents if you're not bringing on people that are a reflection of your existing culture, then the chances of them being successful and staying are way less. Um, so when we sit down with somebody that's either a brand new agent or somebody that's an existing agent wanting to come to us, we're actually interviewing them. Like we're, we're trying to get to know them. Like, what do you not like about your current brokerage or what are you looking for in a brokerage as a brand new agent? You know, what's, what's, you know, we're asking certain questions that kind of give us a little bit of, uh, moral temperature of of them like are you going to be a problem are you going to be a drama queen in the office are you going to bring negativity in and whatnot and you know really it's if if we don't get a good vibe from that conversation or we don't feel like they're going to be a good fit we just don't bring them up it's not worth losing three or four agents in our office over one person i don't care how good they are 
Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. We'll dive deeper into company culture in a bit because you're so right about that. Because you get one cancer, they could, they could almost sink the whole ship if you have absolutely. the wrong person in there. So it's important absolutely. that you get them out. Yep. Um, but let's talk about your training. Obviously, you guys are doing something right. You mentioned your partner was a teacher. Give me an idea. Like, say I'm a brand new agent. I'm in Northeast Arkansas. I was like, what kind of approach would you take to training me? Do you have a a model for everybody or do you tailor to skill set? Okay, so it's a little of both. Um, in my previous brokerages or the previous brokers that I worked for, I was very fortunate in having a mentor that fully believed in coaching and coaching systems. I mean, we've been through NAEA, we've been through the Corcoran, Corcoran coaching program, we've been through um, Bold, I mean, you name it, he, we were even EXP for about six months and I went through a lot of the EXP coaching stuff that they did. Um, so over the course of seven years, I was introduced to all these different programs and these different systems and scripts and um, ways to do things. And what I figured out is, you know, like you said, there's really no one size fits all when it comes to uh, to teaching and growing your agents. You really have to take like a, a very individualistic approach to every single agent, which is what a lot of the larger brokers just can't do. When you've got 120 people in the office and there's, you know, a handful of folks that are your top tier producers, you don't want to weigh them down with having to mentor and drag around these new agents, right? Um, so what we do when we when we first bring somebody in, we do have a it's you know, it's a it's a long format video series that we've kind of gone through and just pre-recorded a lot of the basics. And that's just so that when they come to us, it's not the the basic how to questions of how do I write a contract? How do I you know, what's LP Mama stand for and how do I talk to somebody on the phone? Like they've at least been introduced to it. They've at least heard us talk about it before. And that's in a video format. We pay for a, a, a service where they can just log in, they get access to all of our videos, and it just lowers that learning curve uh, in the very beginning. So from a, from a new agent standpoint, we also push existing agents through that if we don't feel that they've actually been trained properly on that type of stuff. Like if, you know, when we're talking to them, if we're saying certain things and they're just deer in headlights, look on you know, face, we're like, ah, you probably need to watch these videos. Like, let's get you to a base level and we can build off of that base level. And we've had, you know, we've had several multi-year agents come over to the office and just be like, holy cow, I wish I would have had this my very first year because I had to figure all this stuff out. And obviously I wasn't doing it right, you know. Um, so we have, we do have a video series that we take them through. Uh, Rob and I both have pre-recorded that. We examples, little, we go through page by page of every single, uh, main document that we use in Arkansas, like your exclusive buyer agency agreement, your contracts, the several different versions of contracts to your URSAs and, uh, general addendums and terminations and earnest money, you know, addendums, all that stuff. We take them all through every single page of that. Not only just like explaining it, but in what instances would you use these options? You know, like in the contract, you know how yours goes. It's you got a, a, a section and there's four options. Well, you can talk about all four options, but do they actually understand in what scenario would they use each individual option? We go through that. Now, I'm sure if I was to sit down today and watch those videos, I would be asleep within the first 10 minutes. Um, but to new agents, it is a gold mine because if it's say nine o'clock at night and they want to, 
they, they're writing an offer and they don't want to have to call one of us to ask a question. All they got to do is jump in that video, scroll to the section where it talks about that, and they can get a, at least a ballpark explanation of what's going on. Now, once they're at that ground level, that's when we really uh, start having like individual training sessions. And it really, at any given point, we've got one, two, maybe three agents that's kind of on the same um, education path. Like right now, uh, Rob's got a, he's got an appointment this afternoon at 3.30, I believe, with two brand new agents. And he's taking their baseline and just adding to it. And every, they're doing it two or three times a week. And every day is a different topic. And it's just going into more in-depth, personal one-on-one -on -one training of what we think they're going to uh, come across in their first few months of, you know, being a brand new agent. And then obviously throughout the, the remainder part of the year and uh, whatnot, we're adding to that. So uh, it's, it's, it's a little of both, you know, to, to shortly answer that question. Thank you for the thorough answer. Um, you know, the more I talk to agents in other states, the more I realize how lucky I am to be in Illinois because we are not allowed to write any legal information at all. It's against the law. Um, we have fill-in-the-blank contracts, and although we are yeah. technically an escrow state, it is, in fact, an attorney state. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it just makes me think how lucky it is. It's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like so easy to just fill in the blanks here. I don't know when people talk about contracts all the time, but I yeah. mean, obviously you guys are doing <clears throat> far more things for your clients than I have to because the attorney does most of the work. It's almost like a free transaction coordinator. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're a fill in the blank um, state as well. You know, they don't want us practicing law, but, um, you know, in our contracts, we I think they're 15 pages as of 2023, but they're usually just, you got a whole bunch of options. You, you know, we're writing in closing cost statements as opposed to it just being standardized. We're, you know, you're writing in um, different sections of, uh, we have an other section in our contract that we can literally write in stuff. Uh, other, it just, yeah, it gets kind of hairy, but we, we teach and practice. Don't do it. Just stick to what's in the contract. If you're unsure, call a broker. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So when you're teaching somebody, like how many marketing strategies do you tend to have them utilize at once? Because I know one of the biggest problems that agents have, especially newer ones, is they try doing 10 things at once and they never get good at any of them. That's it. Yeah. man, you hit it right on the head. Um, we'll, we'll give them kind of a, a 30,000 view of all the different opportunities. And we try to use uh, elements of their personality or things that they're already somewhat into doing. Like, for instance, if somebody comes over and they've got a very good social media presence, then obviously we're going to push them to be very social media heavy on their marketing um, versus somebody that maybe comes in and they're a little more introverted, didn't really do a whole bunch of posting on you know social media or whatnot. We're pushing them more to a community-based um marketing program like getting involved with the community putting themselves into circles that they wouldn't necessarily uh be in outside of real estate um so yeah it just it kind of depends on them but the main strategy is you need to pick one maybe two no more than three strategies and be really really good at those strategies whether it's just solely work in your sphere of influence if you live in a uh, we have a couple of really big neighborhoods uh, in our market, like if you live in that neighborhood, you need you need to own that neighborhood. So a lot of their marketing is going to be based around that with mailers and door knocking and neighborhood events and that sort of thing. Um, or if they're social media based, then we're pushing them more towards that social media. If they've got a great personality or they're bubbly or they're really good at videos, and obviously we're gonna you know we're gonna steer them that direction. It's 
we want to take what they're already good at, what their personality already, you know, kind of gives you to work with. And we're going to base their marketing on that so that they're not having to go outside of what they're comfortable with to do it. Now, it's rare, but every now and then we do have somebody that comes in and is just like, I don't really know what to do. I don't really do social media. I'm introverted. I, I don't like video. I don't want to be on camera, any of that stuff. Uh, hey, we just, we need to point you in the right direction. We'll pick something for you and let's go with it for a little bit. Um, one of the unique things that we do in our office is we, we do have company generated leads that we provide to our agents. Um, any agent that comes in, they have access to it after they've received training on how to convert. So really just, even if they didn't market themselves, they're still going to have access to names and numbers just because we provide company generated leads. Absolutely. I love how you said no more than three. Um, I also love how heavily you emphasized one thing at the beginning, because I think the more people find just one thing that they're amazing at, like just find the one thing that you could do better than anybody else or the one thing that you'll do consistently enough to get very good at it. Ultimately, right. that one thing is usually good enough to drive your business by itself. Add a second thing if you have time. The third thing, often not even necessary, kind of like you said, um, you said one, two, maybe three, maybe yeah. three. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that's important yeah. because like if you're taking in too much information. You're not going to make it. But if you're really, really focused, like that's how you get good at something. That's how you get good. Yeah. Consistency is really the key when it comes to marketing. At the end of the day, you could I know um, our top agent, she did $17 million last year as a rookie agent. Her first 12 months in real estate did $17 million. Um, she won, like her focus was solely social media, but she did it every single day. It was on vacation, off vacation, in the office, outside the office. She did social media every single day. She didn't miss. There were no substitutions. She just worked it. Um, and you know, she granted, she did take some company leads and whatnot to help with that. But I would say a, a probably 70% of her business that she did last year was off of her social media marketing. She has a bubbly personality. She's young. She's used to it. She knows what she's doing. She she built a following and yeah, she capitalized. She was great at follow-up. She was great at consistency. Uh, and then after that, once you start building that good base, then it's just, you know, and then it's just working that sphere. You're, you're growing your sphere every single day and then you work it. You know, she got several referrals just because she did a good job. And then she's, you know, she's really consistent doing a good job with her uh, after the sale follow up and staying in front of her past clients for those referrals. I say in probably the next four or five years, gosh, there's no, she'll probably be doing $25, $30 million a year and won't spend a dime in marketing at all. It's the best way to do it. If you could do something like that where you're not spending anything, you could limit your overhead. I mean, that makes growth almost limitless. That's right. Um, loving what you're talking about here. I'd love to ask this question. Um, do you guys do any personality tests? And if so, which one are you guys using? Yeah, actually. Um, so we just had all the, the agents go back. I guess it was probably November of last year and retake. Uh, we use the DISC, the DISC profile. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, you can do it through Tony Robbins or whatnot. We actually had a coaching program um, with uh, Joshua Smith. Uh, he has it available for free to, you know, for us to do. Um, so we had everybody take that disc personality profile. Now we don't do it for hiring. Um, 
uh, I don't want this to come off as you know conceited. I'm generally really good at being able to tell what people are on that disc profile. I've done it for dang near 10 years now. It was uh, when we were building the buyer's team at my previous brokerage, we did hire off of that 100%. And we had them take, off, take it and they would come in and I would verify it. Um, I've had, you know, additional training with that, that stuff. But uh, so, you know, when we're sitting down having our little lunch meetings with a potential new agent, I can generally pick up on what type of personality they have. Rob is very good at it as well. Uh, I trained him on it whenever he, he joined me, um, you know, five or six years ago. But yeah, we do. Um, and for the most part, you know, when we went through the the results in our team meeting that day, you know, it was, you know, Raleigh's, she took hers and like, oh yeah, you're a, you're DI 100%. Like I hit it, spot it, hit, you know, on the, on the head, but we use them. Um, it's not the end all be all, but, uh, it is, is something that we take into consideration. Funny story. I had a guy, um, this is several, several years ago. I was at my previous brokerage. He reached out to me, brand new agent said, I want to be an agent. I'm like, mm, man, you're, you don't really have the personality for it. You're like, you're very introverted. And at that time we were heavy, heavy on that. Um, so go through it. He sits down with the owner of the company. Owner says, no, no, he does, he's not going to fit. He's more of an admin role, admin role, not going to fit. And I was like, well, he's a friend of mine. It's not going to cost us anything. Let's just take a chance on him, see what he does. Uh, he crushed it that year. Um, I don't know what it, he just came out of his shell. It was complete opposite of what we thought he was going to do. And now he's on, he's a, he's a, um, an agent at our office. He's moved over with us uh, and still to this day crushes it and can crush it. So um, that they're good, they're good, but they can be wrong. And in that case, he, it was, it was, uh, it was wrong. Okay. All right, man. I got a shout out Joshua Smith here. I didn't know you were in the GSD family. You know, my co-host or my partner, rather, Matt Cavanaugh was actually number one. He was student number one. Oh, wow. um, he was the first person that bought that course. Yeah, yeah so it's pretty Rob, cool stuff. Uh, what I a coincidence. Um, Josh was awesome. Yeah, I didn't know Josh, uh, Joshua prior to Rob. When I joined up with Rob, um, he was already in that GSD thing. And one of the very first things we did as a company we attended the uh, GSD event down in uh, Florida. I guess that would have been May of 2021. And that was the first time I met Joshua. Cool, man. I was there. I guess I didn't meet you, but I was at that one. That's oh, cool. so, um, so that's do, awesome. you, do you remember the guy that presented that told the story about um, his, he bought a truck at a dealership and his wife had to co-sign for him? Do you remember that really funny guy, tall, bald head? Yeah, I remember him. That's Rob. Yeah. That's my partner. Yeah, he's the dude shooting the videos all the time. Oh, that's your partner. No yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, small world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Um, that's awesome, man. Um, this is cool. Um, where was I going? Oh, yeah. The disc test is not everything. Um, you're so right about that. Because I think one of the biggest things that people mistake is, you know, most people don't have the self-awareness to truly know themselves well enough to take the test correctly. Um, people think they're different than what they actually are. So being able to analyze, like you just said, is so important because a lot of people, they might think they're not who they are, really. Right. Yep. Um, so cool. Moving along, let's talk about the leads that you guys are generating for your team. So what what is your um, lead generation strategy for your team? And, and just give me an idea how that looks overall. Say that one more time. It broke up a little bit. Um, for your company-generated leads? 
where are you getting those from and how are you distributing them? So we have uh, – our company spends a large or a small fortune every month uh, to pay for leads. We've got Realtor.com. We've got Zillow. Uh, we have a, a couple of different um, referral-based lead sources that come in like uh, Mellow Home or – um, I didn't think of all of them off the top of my head, but so what we do is we have a company split with our agents that if they generate the lead, they work it, they get a, a higher split. Anything company-based uh, is a lower split. Um, say, for instance, it could be a realtor.com lead. If they claim it, sell it, close it, maybe they're only getting 50-50 on that transaction to help cover the cost of that lead. Um, same thing with Zillow. We uh, because Zillow is so expensive, you know, I don't, if anybody's watching this, if you haven't bought any of that stuff yet, it's always tiered. If I could tell you, if you could find a referral based lead system that makes sense and works, go for it. I would, I take that stuff all day because it's performance based. You, you get a lead. It doesn't cost you anything until you sell it. You wouldn't have got that lead anyway. So you might as well pay the referral fee, right? Um, because what, the other side of that coin is, is you pay for something regardless if you do anything with it or not, i.e. Realtor.com, Chime, uh, Zillow, any of these other companies that are out there producing, you're spending money monthly. Um, we spend a small fortune just solely on Zillow and Realtor.com every single month. The Zillows are more expensive than the Realtor.com leads because they're a little lower hanging fruit, a little more lower hanging on the, the fruit tree. Um, so we have certain agents that we have assigned to that. Typically our best agents uh, that are the best with conversion and sales, but also they're the more tenured agents as well. Um, but they're on a, a much bigger split. So our Zillows, you know, we, we'll do a 60-40 split with the agent. We get 60, they get 40 um, just because they're so expensive, right? Um, and the agents are still crushing it just because it's, you know, it's kind of an easy deal. Uh, Realtor.coms are available to the whole office and it's a kind of a claim, uh, the first, first come, first club, uh, first come, first serve claiming system. We actually use uh, follow-up boss as our CRM. The leads are dropped into follow-up boss. Whoever goes and claims it first, they've got that lead. And then as uh, management ownership, we just try to watch the numbers on that. If we, you know, obviously we don't want somebody jumping in there claiming 25 leads and don't sell anything in the next two or three months. You know, that, that means they need more training on some conversion. So we're, we're watching the numbers on it. But um, we tried the round robin uh, back at my last brokerage. It just... It's tough. It you know at the end of the day you got people that get assigned a lead and they're out showing. They may be out showing 15 houses and can't touch that lead for four hours. Well, you know anything about the studies when it comes to leads coming through? You got to get them right then because every minute that goes by is less chance you're going to get them. So um, we like the system of it goes into a pool. Everybody's fishing inside that pool as they come in. Whoever's available grabs it and claims it and starts. Thinking or trying to make contact at that point. Absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. Speed to lead, I mean, is pretty much the most important thing. If you if you dive into the statistics, it's like you need to get there within a minute, um, ideally like a couple seconds That's after right. it comes in, right? Yeah. Um, this yeah. is great stuff. Man. I don't remember what the result, it's been so long since I looked at it, but the MIT study from, you know, probably, I think it was 2013, 14 or whatever, it's exactly what you said. It was, 
um, the the chances of you reaching the lead outside of the first 30 seconds drops by almost 40, 50 percent, you know, within the first 30 seconds. And then after that, it's drastic, too. So, yeah, we want and if you know anything, uh, anything about Realtor.com, um, you don't pay per lead for Realtor.com like you do with Zillow. Zillow, you pay a monthly fee and they give you a lead. You're the only person that receives that lead so long as you answer the phone. Realtor.com is not that way. Realtor.com gives you uh, seats. They give you, you know, you're 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 kind of in a, you and two other agents get notified of that lead and you just get put in front of them or in that seat list. So when you get the lead, you're not only competing with the agents in our office to get it, but now you're also competing with two other agents outside of our office that's been notified as well. So obviously we want who is available right that second that can call that person because not only do we want somebody in our office to get it, but you're also now competing with somebody else, two other agents outside of our office that may be available to, to call right that second as, as competition. So, Absolutely. Thank you for that clarity. I'm going to take a bit of a pivot here because I'd love to hear how you keep your company culture um, strong as you're expanding, number one. And, and also, how do you retain the agents that start crushing it? Sure. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's a, I'd say the a large majority of your retention and com company culture is going to be established before you even hire that person, if you even hire that person. Um, as you mentioned, so many times you get these larger companies that if you're a beating heart and a breathing body, you can come on, right? Um, that's just that, that's that model. And it, it, you know, at the end of the day, I guess it works if they're, they're doing that. It's, Numbers don't lie, right? The more people you get in the office, the more chances of you having your your signs in the yard and somebody making a sale. I don't really like that. Um, I don't want, we don't want an office full of agents. We don't want 70, 80, 90 agents in one office. Now, are we pivoting and opening other branches in other markets? Yes, absolutely. That's the growth we want. Something around 30, 40, maybe 50 agents max is, a, is about what we want. You get too many personalities involved and it's bound to happen. You're going to start having people button heads and not getting along. Uh, and it's just too hard to manage. So first off, you got to get it on the front end. Uh, if you regard, I don't, it that really doesn't matter if they could be a $20 million producer in our market, which puts you in the top 10 agents uh, on a yearly basis in our, in our market. Uh, I don't care if you're a $20 million agent. If you have a, a poisonous attitude or a poisonous outlook, or just in general, like your moral compass isn't there, and I, I no thanks, not not worth it because there's you're gonna we're gonna lose about five agents over you, that's probably worth about forty million dollars. You know you're gonna trade out for one for the other, and who knows? It's probably gonna keep losing people because of it. So um, if we get a bad feeling about somebody on the front end, it, we're just not gonna take the chance. We'd rather them go find somewhere else to obtain the license and deal with it. Uh, now, once they're in, they're in. Uh, because we're so picky on the front end that when we bring somebody in, we treat them as family. That is exactly what this is. We have a very team-centric model, um, not in of like a revenue share or anything like that. But if if I'm out of, um, say I'm out of town one day and I've got a buyer that just has to get into a property right then and needs to look at something, 
I'm 100% confident that I can call one of the agents in our office and say, hey, do you care to go cover this for me? I don't have to worry about them stealing the, the client from me. I don't have to worry about them sabotaging the deal. Even if they knew them, the transaction would still be mine because I generated the lead. That's the type of people that we seek out. If I can, if I feel like I can trust you by handing you one of my buyers to go show or, hey, go you know, open the door um, for a seller amount or something like that, that's who we want. If we don't feel like we can do that, eh, not, no, we don't want you in. We don't want you in the office. Um, once they're there, they're family. And as that, obviously, you're going to have family feuds, right? Um, anytime you put multiple personalities inside of an office, especially when you get sales-related personalities, so you're talking about the Ds, the the Dis, the Ids that have that that D factor in them and you're mixing them with people that have a little bit high S or a little bit high C to kind of get their feelings hurt, you're going to run into those situations where eh, somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. Um, one of the things that we push and promote heavily is we are a drama-free office. And to the point of the minute that a piece of drama like shows itself, we're after it. We're on it. And if we can't solve it, we'll just we'll let people go. It's not, like you said earlier, it's not worth poisoning the rest of the office uh, over a, a simple scuffle. And you tend to see it, you know, and we've been doing this, you know, um, it'll be, uh, let's see, February 2021. So we're two years in, in a couple of weeks. Um, and you see it, there's a there's there's a few in the office that just, they tend to overreact to drama queens. Uh, they take things personally or whatnot. And, you know, you give them a chance. You, you sit down with them. You know, real estate's hard enough. You don't need to make it any harder uh, by taking everything personally. Um, and if it if it doesn't correct itself at that point, then, yeah, you just got to cut. You got to cut bait, move on, and let them go do something else. It's just not worth losing everybody in your office over it. Um, so, you know, be, be super protective of that culture in the very beginning. Handle the situation in the very beginning. Don't let it fester. Don't let it draw out. You know, I've heard you know, you've, you've heard eat the frog um, when it comes to like sales calls and you know giving bad news. Same thing with with uh, conflict. You've got to eat the frog and just get it over with because um, it's just going to continue to fester. The sooner the better. And then lastly, uh, build a good camaraderie in the office, a family atmosphere. You know, uh, we are one of the more social companies in our in our market. Social as in. We have parties like we throw a massive Halloween party every single year uh, or we've done it in the past couple of years. Um, and it'll be it's kind of our thing. It's the New Horizon Halloween party and we invite everybody. It's open to anybody that wants to come. We take the proceeds from it, give it to a nonprofit in town. Uh, but we get our whole team involved with it. We're we always are doing charity uh, events where we're maybe we go, you know, fill boxes at the food bank or. There is a United Way Day of Caring here that we put together teams for, and we'll go out. This past this past uh, September, we painted fire hydrants for the for the city. Um, that's good deeds, but it's a chance for us to do stuff as a company outside of real estate. We have a uh, a summer lake trip that we take everybody on. Company company pays for it. We pay for the lodging. We rent boats and. Uh, jet skis and whatever else. And we just go have a weekend at the lake to where people can get away from the office and get away from real estate and just have fun, you know, like get to know everybody. Uh, and it really builds a sense of it. It builds a sense of like that family togetherness, but it makes it so much easier to resolve conflict whenever that time arises. 
because it is, I know you on a personal level, not on this business level to where I think you're trying to stick me. You know, like, I don't think you would do that. I think maybe it's just a miscommunication or a misunderstanding that we can resolve. Um, I highly encourage doing stuff outside of real estate. So often we as agents in general, um, we get trapped in our business where it's just running and gunning every single day and we don't take time to um, enjoy the benefits of it or the perks of being in such an industry where everybody can kind of get along. Um, and if you're not in that kind of market, do it inside your office. Uh, absolutely. Especially if you're the owner, you're starting your own brokerage. Absolutely. Thank you for getting so thorough in there. So, I mean, basically, if you have a terrible agent there that's a cancer, cut that tumor out before it grows because that thing becomes a much bigger problem later on down the line and, and treat your team like their family. Absolutely. Um, and guess what? You know, it, this is the relationship business, no matter what side of the business you're on. Right. Um, if you're the team leader or the broker, your relationship is the agents more so than the clients. But right. I mean, the, all the relationships matter. You focus on the relationships, you're going to have a very strong foundation to build whatever you want to, really. Um, so 100%. Right now, I have just a couple more questions for you. Okay. I know you're working on recession-proofing your business. Um, so let's talk about that for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, the past couple of years have been nuts and insane in the real estate market. Uh, like, it's just been crazy. It's been crazy for us and everybody else. But we, you know, I think just with everybody else, uh, about August rolls around and all the interest rates start to go through the roof and it kind of, it wakes you up. Um, and our market, you know, prior to the craziness, the COVID craziness, um, you know, 90 days, average days on market, you had plenty of time. There wasn't, you know, it was a buyer's market. You were getting decent deals, buyer, you know, concessions paid on transactions. Now I know that's not everywhere. I've um, I've had a couple of coaching clients before that that you know they're they've been in markets where it's thirty forty thousand dollars over list price for the past ten years. Uh, I couldn't imagine doing that for so long, but uh, it is what it is, right? Um, that so it was a, it was an eye opener whenever we we noticed a sharp decline uh, about August. And then you, you add that to the holiday season where nobody really does anything anyway. And then you're rolling into the winter weather season where nobody's really doing anything. It was an eye-opening experience from an ownership perspective of, man, we gotta we, we need to look at some different avenues uh, and what what makes sense. And you don't want to get too far in left field to where you're drawing your attention and your focus away from the, you know, your, your core business, which is the real estate industry. So we were looking at opportunities to build within the, the real estate community. We're still in real estate. We do this every day, but what can we subsidize some of our income with that still keeps us in this same vein? Um, and that's, you know, we develop partnerships with a mortgage company. We've got, um, like you said, a roofing company. I can't tell you how many roofs I've actually been a part of. You know, I've had, I've done, um, north of 850 transactions in my 10 years and I, I've saved deals every year. It seems like, you know, so often I'm, I'm coordinating a new roof, get put on a house to save a deal and I've never been paid for it ever. I'm like, what in the world am I doing? I've got to start a roofing company so I can get paid on the roofs too. Right. Um, so I've always been doing it. We've always been doing it. You're probably doing it and everybody listening is probably doing it. You know, it's, if, if we're doing it and you have the sense, we had the contacts, we had the, the roofing crews. I had a, I'd say a, a little higher than average understanding of insurance and how claims work and the process works. 
it, it was a no-brainer. Uh, our office is uh, a vast majority. I mean, we're probably 70%, you know, out of those 400 and some odd transactions, 70% uh, of them are buyer side transactions. We're a very buyer heavy office, um, which means, you know, we also are able to kind of influence the way our buyers are going with lending. If somebody comes in and they're already pre-qualified, cool, no big deal. Um, unless it's one of the dreaded few that nobody wants uh, and then we're trying to get them away from them, right? Um, but, you know, we have we have a good uh, opportunity to influence a direction that a, that a buyer may seek uh, financing from. So we use those partnerships to, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with having a marketing agreement with the lending company to provide for um, some cost of your leads as long as those leads are going back to that lender. Uh, take advantage of that. You know, with the, the mortgage side of it, it's tricky being an owner of a real estate company and having a mortgage company because of the, you know, the, the trade guidelines and all that stuff. But um, there are ways to, to have P&L offices. There are ways to do, to do that to where, you know, it's completely legal and ethical. It's just, you know, you just got to make sure you've got all the legal basis is covered. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a direct flow of leads for that mortgage side. Um, or a marketing agreement or whatever you, set, whatever you have um, set up. Same thing with title. You know, I told you at the beginning before we got on, uh, we just had a, a conference call with a title company, a local title company, uh, that we're looking at doing some type of a marketing agreement with just because we have so many transactions and we're expanding into other markets. They're interested. They want to be a part of the growth uh, and to kind of, you know, have a chance to earn our business. Uh, I would say, you know, as a, a an entrepreneur, somebody that's looking to kind of get their hands into a lot of stuff, stay in the vein. Again, you don't want to get in left field. Like I don't want to go do freaking insurance sales or something because it's it, you're outside of the scope of real estate um, or medical sales or something. But staying in the vein of real estate, what do we touch on a daily basis? We touch inspections. We touch appraisals. We touch um, uh, title companies. We touch lending. You know, uh, even having, um, we did a, um, what do you want to call it? A, uh, um, I'm drawing a blank, uh, a blank, but essentially a um, verified contractor list. You know, so many times as agents, somebody, they call and say, hey, who do you know that does flooring, right? Well, I've got a couple of flooring per people. Who do you know that's a pest company? Well, you can work with those companies to have an agreement with them to where you become, you know, a, a marketing source for, for them. It's a you know verified vendor list or something like that. And they pay you small amounts of money every single month that you can put towards leads or company expenses in return. You're going to refer them out, you know, uh, uh, to, to these different to the buyers and sellers that you have. Get involved with all that stuff. You know, the, the more hands you have or the more fingers you have in the pot, in different pots, the better off it does. But that just, uh, it allows you to be a little more recession proof at the end of the day. Cool thing about roofs is it doesn't matter on a recession. When weather happens, hailstorms happen, you got to have a roof. It was a no brainer to get involved with that. New construction, same thing, no brainer to get involved. Flips, we get turned on to flips before anybody else has an opportunity to get involved, make a, a, a relationship with the lender, get involved with flips. The, the residential development, that's something that was just kind of tossed into our lap. Uh, but a, again, a great source. As a developer, we have first access to all the lots. So if land is a premium in your market like it is mine, the, you want to be in on every single lot that you can get your hands on. 
what be, what better way to do it than to, to build your own development, right? So, Without question. I mean, basically, we're talking about vertical integration here. So you're finding ways to profit multiple times on the same transaction instead of looking for more transactions necessarily, which is um, much easier than finding more transactions right. half the time because they're already there, man. That's you already right. have them. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. As you, you talked about relationships, these people, if they're using you to buy or sell a house, they already trust you, right? Uh, and you just build off of that relationship. You build off of that trust. I want to be their one-stop shop, go-to person for anything that has to do with the house, whether it's my house just got a, uh, we just had a hailstorm and my roof's, you know, beat all the crap. I need a new roof. Um, I've got, you know, a, a plumbing situation. Who do you recommend as a plumber? Cool. We've got a plumber that's a part of our preferred vendor list that we're sending out. And these people are people that we use. Now, this isn't like just go out and find some random Joe Schmo that's willing to give you a little bit of money monthly. Like these are people that I call to come to my personal house, you know, in these situations. I've just gone to them and said, hey, look, man, we're in front of, you know, 300 plus people, 400 plus people every single year. What is that worth for me to put your name in front of them whenever they have these problems? We're referring people every single day. You as an agent are doing it every single day. Get some type of partnership with them, man. I mean, it doesn't have to be much. We've got, you know, we we had a plumber that was paying us a hundred bucks a month just to toss their name out there, right? Not a big deal. But when you've got a, a board full of preferred vendors, say there's 30 people on there, dude, three grand pays your rent. <laughs> it does here. It pays our rent in our in our office. Um, that's just a way to offset some expenses. Again, you're making yourself recession proof because that's one less expense that you got on a monthly basis. So we're doing it anyway. You might as well, you know, um, capitalize off of it every way you can legally, obviously, you know, every state's different, every laws, every, I got to preface that, but you know, you don't want to do something under the, under the, um, under the scope of it being legal and ethical. But so if you're, you know, if you're thinking about that stuff, obviously we pass everything across our lawyer and make sure that we're on the up and up. We pass it across our, uh, MLS office, make sure we're on the up and up before we do anything like that. But yeah, keep it legal, but try to capitalize as best as you can. Absolutely. 100%. This is not financial advice. Get an attorney, make sure they know RESPA and TRID very well before you do sure. any of this, but it, it is totally legal yep. as long as you're not doing both on the same transactions. In That's most correct. case, you can't do the loan and do the house yourself, That's but right. um, you could do lots of other things. Jack, this has been so much fun, man. Um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do so? Uh, as an agent, call me, text me. Um, uh, I'm available anytime. Just shoot me a text message. Give me a call. We can set up a, a time to, to talk. You know, the, in, in this market, everybody's, or it can be very secretive because everybody's like, oh, it's competition. And we're an open book. If you've got a question about building an office or starting a roofing company or how we're doing the mortgage side of things or anything like that, give me a call. I have zero problem telling you everything. At the end of the day, it's about putting it into action and putting it into motion and being consistent with it. I'm just good at that. <laughs> you know, so I can tell everybody what we do all the time and I can probably count, you know, uh, or I can probably bank on the fact that they're probably not going to do it. Or if they do do it, they're not going to do it consistently. So, and I, I, I want them to, and I'm open book, willing to give them all the secrets and everything. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to take it into their own hands and do it. So um, the best way to do that is you can, I'll give you my cell number. If you want to put that out, cool. If you want to put it in some type of uh, whatever, but uh, 870-926-6611. Uh, they can email me at jack at newhorizonre.com. Um, 
and they can find me on social media, you know, just look up Jack Turner uh, on Facebook. And then I think it's Jack A. Turner on Instagram. I don't do a whole lot on that stuff, but it's a way to reach me. So, yep. Oh, good. There you have it, man. It tends to be the case, right? The people that have been successful, they know that there is no secret sauce. That's right. I mean, all the strategies are out there. Anybody could find them. They're totally free all over YouTube. You could find a million ways to sell houses, basically. It's just a matter of consistent action over time. That's right. Um, Jack, this has been absolutely tremendous, man. Thank you awesome. so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your multiple businesses. You're crushing it out there. And um I'm hoping you continue to crush it this year. Um, and to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. So go out there and pick one, maybe two, maybe three strategies, but no more than three. Take massive action. Tell somebody you know that can help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one.